Welcome to Still Scared Talking Children's Horror, a podcast about creepy, spooky, and disturbing children's books, films, and TV. I'm Ren Wednesday, my co-host is Adam Wybray, and today we're talking about the novel Frozen Charlotte by Alex Bell. A full transcript of this episode will be available, so check the show notes for that. Enjoy! Welcome back to the podcast that everyone is calling Stch. <laughs> That's your claim of the week. No one's calling it that. <laughs> Maybe they are to themselves. How would we know? <laughs> that, that, that's true. Uh, well, when, I, when um, I'm on right. the street and I hear anyone making that noise, I'll assume it's viral marketing Stch. for our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we promised um, creepy dolls at the end of um, the last episode, um, and we're delivering on that promise with uh, Frozen Charlotte by Alex Bell, uh, a young adult horror novel from 2015. Um, yeah, here are the creepy dolls. Um, That's not the end of the episode. A, a warning. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, prom- promise fulfilled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it says warning not for younger readers on the back, because um, um, it's quite grisly. It is. I'm I'm quite tempted to donate this to my school library um, after we've we've done uh-huh. the episode because I like it well enough. I'm not going to reread it, um, and I do think some of the kids would really enjoy it. But at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. There is there is some there's some quite violent bits in it. Yeah, it's quite nasty. Um, uh, it was my pick. I hadn't read it before, but I'd read the sequel or the prequel. Uh, Charlotte says um, because that came up on the the young young adult horror section of my library app, and. Um, and I thought, oh, this was actually quite scary. We should do it on the podcast. But then I thought we should probably do the first one first. But then this the first one isn't as scary as the prequel. So um, I'm a little bit disappointed. <laughs> um, so so, yeah. so what period is the prequel set in? So the prequel set in like the early 20th century, like 1910, like with like the school like the schoolgirls who who have the creepy dolls. Ah, um, on the Isle of Skye. Like on the Isle of Skye, yeah. Okay, because that's Cause in, in where the first book. chapter is set. Of this book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it goes, goes back and expands, expands on the, 
the schoolgirls who originally had these frozen Charlotte dolls. Um, and I don't know. I think it was scarier because in order to like, <laughs> yeah, denigrate this book before we even started talking about it. But I think it was scarier because that was actually more connection with the dolls with like the girls being the right age to play with the dolls and having seeing more firsthand the kind of thrill that they're into that they're into the to the dolls Uh. this one it's kind of more a a remove i guess that makes complete sense to me Um. so in the prequel the dolls are more integrated into the girls lives Whereas, yeah. okay, whereas I think in Frozen Charlotte, the dolls do seem quite alien. Like, they have this present in the uh-huh. house, yeah. but their their presence, they're, a lot of them are sealed up in a glass cabinet. Um, and yeah. then there are other ones that um, are worn bits of dolls worn as a as a necklace around one of the characters' necks, mm. and dolls in the architecture of the house, and also sort of fused or burnt into a tree in the garden. Um, so there are a lot of dolls, yeah. and and also the main character, uh, Sophie, is a amateur photographer, and there are several sequences in the book where she takes photographs, and then there are kind of phantasmal dolls revealed, like. With all their hand, little doll yeah. hands at the at the windows outside. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, there's there's very little of anyone playing with the dolls. Yeah, and you kind of you kind of get the voices of the dolls being like <laughs> kind of thing, but but the main protagonists are like fifteen, so they're not like. I don't know, they're, they're not of an age where they're going to be um, kind of... Well, no, they're, 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 they're playing truth or well, dare. The game that should be banned, because... Does anything... <laughs> well, I don't know about you, Red. Did you ever play a game of truth or dare that filled you with joy and pleasant memories as a kid? Because I don't know if anything <laughs> positive has ever come out of truth or dare. I think it's... <laughs> A yeah. wholly unpleasant, like, I only have negative, just troublesome the, memories of truth. The teenage bullying facilitation game. Yeah, that's literally what it is. Yeah. And it is upsettingly yeah. so in this book, and, yeah, it just made yeah. me think, yeah, any memory of truth or dare I have from childhood <laughs> is, is wholly negative, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... Uh, but so so yeah, these these creepy dolls, frozen Charlottes. They're based on a, on a real kind of um, small China doll that was popular in the Victorian area. Era, the kind of one piece, sort of cheap, usually naked dolls, and all painted on faces. Um, you can do an image search of them if you want, and you can see that they are a bit creepy looking. Um, and they're inspired by a real ballad about a girl called Charlotte who refuses to wear a cloak in the coach to a ball and freezes to death. And, uh, and the lyrics of this ballad appear at the um, at the top of each chapter in this book. Um, I really liked that. Um, it's nice. Uh, I didn't know the ballad, so I liked to yeah. follow the ballad along. Um, 
and it provides a nice little through line. Um, it is, it's creepy, and I, I quite like quotes at the start of chapters anyway, so that, that really worked for me. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that uh, it's a good... It's a, it's a good starting point for a for a creepy story for sure, um, and the, the kind of question that this book poses is, what if these dolls but evil, um, <laughs> which, you know, um, so we we start at this uh, school in Sky uh, Isle of Sky in nineteen ten. Um, and there's a, a recently blinded girl who's been making ridiculous accusations about how this accident happened, saying that the, the frozen Charlottes were involved in. Her school friends are, are playing with these dolls and holding a little funeral for them. And when the school teacher tells them to stop being ghoulish, they say, but miss, they like being dead. They told us. and uh and then then we move to uh to our protagonist sophie who's in in the present day you know in a cafe with her friend jay who pulls out a ouija board app on his phone and he's like oh who should we commune with and she says rebecca craig it's her dead cousin who lived in scotland and whose family she's about to go and stay with while her parents are on holiday so they sort of ask questions and the app spells out creepy phrases like black sand, daddy says never open the gate, and then it repeats Charlotte is cold, uh, until Jay asks it when he, when he will die and it says tonight. Um, and then the app plays this Fair Charlotte melody. Fair Charlotte lived on the mountainside In a wild and lonely spot No dwelling was for three miles round Except her father's cot On many a cold and wintry night Young swains were gathered there For her father kept a social board And she was very fair and the planchette spins around wildly and counts down to zero and all the lights go out in the cafe and uh, someone screams horribly and Sophie thinks she sees someone standing on a cafe table and feels a cold hand around her but then when the lights come on Jay's phone is broken and they uh, see that it was a waitress who was screaming who's been horribly burnt by the deep fat fryer which I hate that's really not don't don't like this no I, um, no no that's really i forget how, did you watch twin peaks the return no I, I, and i, I, I remember sounds what, like i'm not going to okay, yeah no I, to be fair i remember you were always a bit iffy about twin peaks anyway to memory <laughs> yeah yeah i know you're um, a bit hit and miss with lynch which i understand um yeah there's there's a memorable deep fat fat fryer no, it no, incident no, no. <laughs> towards the end of the series. Yeah, yeah, I no, uh, hate it. Yeah, hate be, it be, be safe with deep fat fries. Um, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Things, things to add to the list of things that should be banned: truth or dare, deep fat fries. Um, <laughs> yeah. We can keep going. Oh no, we, 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 we're going to have we're going to have the you know. GB News complaining about us. See, like the woke brigade, the woke <laughs> podcast, still scared, <laughs> wants to ban the <laughs> classic uh, character building game. 
True for dare. <laughs> <laughs> the, the delicious chip making appliance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really yeah. I found this I found this opening sequence very effective actually. I think it's one of the best yeah. set pieces in the book. It it is it is quite disturbing and I don't know, I like the fact they I mean they you could say it's lampshading, but I, I like the fact that they sort of address like, oh yeah, we're just gonna do this Ouija board here at a cafe. Yeah, you don't really need a, a dark, spooky house. We'll just do it here in the afternoon <laughs> on the map. Because yeah, having did I, did I have I talked on this podcast about when I went out um, on a, on a séance with some ghost hunters? I don't think so. Okay, so when I was lecturing at Suffolk, I was in charge of professional practice, and basically people would get in contact with the uni. Um, to see if students would help make them promotional films and I'd generally take them up on their offers it was normally local businesses um, and often it would be like mm. you know something a bit boring like the local manila folder manufacturers or box factory associates you know <laughs> like, um, but this time uh, it was it was some ghost hunters and I thought I should probably check these people out not you know not casting aspersions was like, I should probably check out that they're at least I mean I don't really know what I mean by legit when it comes to ghost hunters that uh, <laughs> at the very least that they believe they're legit I guess <laughs> that, you know I don't know that and, yeah. and, and that the students are gonna be okay working with them so um, I got in contact they said okay mm. well why don't you come along on one of our ghost hunts at night and I was like okay sure um because I'd never done that before. Um, and so I accompanied them uh, to beneath the Orwell Bridge um, and they had their phones out and then they basically used like spirit sounding board apps on their phones to talk to ghosts. But as far, yeah. as, far as I understand it, these apps come like pre-programmed with like words and phrases so <laughs> i mean <laughs> seems quite convenient if a ghost is just like oh well i just need to kind of choose the spooky sounding phrases available on this app to communicate i mean i think it's fair to say yeah. the apps i mean i might be misunderstanding but it felt like the app was doing quite a lot of work for the ghosts <laughs> i've just yeah i went on a on a bat detecting walk last night I mean, bat, bats are real, to be fair. But, but yeah, no, bats are real. But you have bat detectors and they, like, um, translate the, the sounds that bats make and, like, make them uh, ten times lower so that you can hear them. You, like, point it at a bat what, and then the bat did, makes did, their... Did it translate it into English? <laughs> no. Oh, so... Just I, okay, so it's not, it's not like... <laughs> no, no, but now I'm imagining like, what if if ghosts were like they, their sounds are too high for humans to hear, so you have to have like a, oh. uh, like a uh, okay, this might be a short story. No, look, just yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> keep it to yourself. Yeah, keep it to yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but 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 anyway, oh, I, what did what did what did oh, sorry. what did the ghosts say? 
to be honest, I think they were feeling a bit sorry for themselves. Mm. Which I understand. They were probably like hoping to reach out to a relative or something, and then they'd just get some random ghost hunters. And they're probably like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> didn't really want to speak to a stranger. Um, <laughs> mm. Awkward small talk. With yeah, the it was a bit. It was it was a bit of awkward small talk, um, but you know they seemed legit enough, so I let a student do their editing, so it worked out fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But but yeah. So so this is this is what ghost hunters use now, I guess, are these apps. Um, mm. So that 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 all seemed pretty pretty accurate and. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I really liked it. I, I thought it was a really, really exciting, dramatic scene to, to set up the novel with. Yeah, it was good. Um, and uh, and and uh, yes, uh, she she was right. Jay did die. Yeah, uh, she, she Sophie's kind of unsettled by this business, so she's like, Jay, could you like cycle back via the towpath rather than the busy road? And he's like, oh, all right. Yeah, she's but she's like, out. Jay, look, you'll be much safer if instead of using the road, you go on the slippery towpath at night. Slippery, creepy, dark towpath. <laughs> There's nothing bad has ever happened on a towpath. Unfortunately, he tips into the canal and dies. Um, so, yeah, that's the setup. Um, I'm not gonna gonna do the whole plot in such detail um, because I will get bored. Um, there's quite a, it's it's quite a lot of plot, but I, you know and, and, we can. Yeah, it's a very plot heavy. This is a bit different to a lot of the books we talk about, and we we've discussed the kind of difference between. 80s and early 90s young adult writing and more contemporary young adult writing mm. um, and I sort of mm. remember talking about how I feel modern young adult writing is clearer um, perhaps um, there's less mm. impressionistic and odd uh, and what I, okay, what I find interesting comparing this to something like The Scarecrows just because that's the last one we looked at. Um, I think we've really gone from one pole to another. Uh-huh, yeah. And what's really interesting is we were talking about <laughs> how Scarecrows couldn't be published today or wouldn't be in... You know, I think both of us would definitely be on board with some of that being edited if it was republished. Um, but what I found interesting yeah. is that the Scarecrows is very explicit with its language, um, some of which we quoted, some of which we didn't. Um, and there's a kind of... Mm nastiness in terms of um, the sheer level of negativity of the main character's emotions and some of the stuff he says um, but also mm. in terms of characters saying things that are racist or misogynist um, there's kind of ugliness there mm-hmm. but then it's quite reserved in terms of the actual violence right there are a couple moments mm. of, of real horror, but in terms of the actual action, it, it, it's it, yeah, it's pretty reserved. Whereas by contrast, in Frozen Charlotte, yeah. I don't think anyone swears. For instance, no one sort of really no. s- says much that is is troubling or offensive. But there's actually some pretty extreme violence, like violence that I found quite shocking, and I find that 
really interesting mm. that I felt that the level of violence wouldn't have been seen as appropriate for for teenagers um, back in back in the nineteen eighties. Like it's almost you know that it has almost a video yeah. nasty element to it. You know there are times where it felt like I was reading the plot of like something yeah. on the video nasties list. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but the language mm. is is much more careful and much yeah so I don't know I found that interesting that that maybe what we see as transgressive has kind of shifted and yeah that that you don't ha- you don't have the offensive language yeah, but, I think but, it, a, but it is much s- more violent kind of, yeah I think we've established like an inadvert um case study on that with these last two episodes yeah um, just um yeah it's it's fairly like blandly written i think yeah it's, and i think that's i mean that's my, i mean i i do have a tendency to go for texture i guess and and yeah i mean obviously we're both texture free so <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is we we like the weird like chewy knotty Exactly. There's stuff. not lots of crunchy detail, and I tend to. I mean, I remember one of my film students getting annoyed at me once, probably because of me just disliking Christopher Nolan and all of these filmmakers who are great at plotting, but you know, just visually, it's all yeah, it's all freaking glass and metal and concrete, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you know, I have I've had so little interest in seeing Oppenheimer. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, a lot of the students love so, like no, and it's like like I don't. And one yeah. of them was like, "Yeah, your taste is just like like a child's, basically." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah I mean, it's true." Like, <laughs> you know, I I I just want nice yeah, colours. So I think we do need to like, <laughs> yeah, establish this to our listeners that even though we're both kind of lukewarm on this book, you might love it. We're just weird. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. You need to bear that in yeah, mind. Yeah, because the plotting is really good. It's got loads of plot. Yeah. Um, I imagine not so many readers would be reading this being like, but where's the weird textures? <laughs> you know, yeah, why, exactly. why aren't there more mushrooms <laughs> or gristly objects or, or wax? <laughs> you know? Or like strange intensity about turnips. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's probably quite a personal preference <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> but I, I will tell you about the plot um i'm sure we can find some some odd things to talk about as we go along but yeah yeah so um, so sophie sophie's obviously um rather traumatized by the death of her best friend um and it happens to yeah, kind of coincide yeah. with the summer holiday I think it's the summer holiday mm. it's a holiday yeah yeah, yeah it is and her parents have already booked to go on a vacation to america and she kind of encourages them to go because kind of she feels like she must find out about about what what happened and um, that prompted this ouija board experience so she feels like she did communi- commune yeah. with um is it Rebecca? Yeah, Rebecca. 
Yeah, and, she feels and she's that... going. Mm. She's going to stay with her cousins. Um, so she's like, well, you know, I, I have to find out what actually happened. Like, yeah. How did Rebecca and, die? And it's been some time. Yeah, she hasn't seen them since before Rebecca's death, and it kind of turns out that that's not the only tragedy that's like befallen this family in in this last seven years. Like. Uh, their mothers you know, came mentally ill and, and is institutionalised, and their older brother Cameron is uh, a talented pianist, but he lost the use of one of his hands in a fire. And um, the youngest sibling, Lilius, is um, Sophie learns kind of on the first night there has such an extreme phobia of bones that she wants to try to cut out her own collarbone, um, which made me draw a little. Ah, face in the margin of the book, <laughs> um, <laughs> which happened several times. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, only Piper, the kind of the middle child, is the same age as Sophie, seems like a normal, friendly teenager. Or is she? Or is she? Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, the, the father, meanwhile, Uncle James, it's a is essentially a non-entity. Um, he. He kind of reminded me of the other father in Coraline, um, which we're going to do for episode 100. We decided this at the beginning of the podcast. Um, then we became a lot slower at making them, but we're over halfway there. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So we are me. We are yeah. going to do Coraline. I mean, I, I love Coraline. <laughs> so, yeah, record, yeah. Recorded it all as an audiobook. Like, it's one of my favourites. But um, yeah, we've got to do it for a special number, <laughs> yeah. obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this kind of uncle, he's just, he's kind of a sort of distracted artist, but he's kind of so thinly sketched, I guess, not making a pun deliberately, but he's just truly checked out of the narrative and of the lives of his children, apparently. Um, I don't know if that how deliberate that was like it sort of works in terms of it then makes us focus on these teenage or these younger characters um but at the same time yeah it did leave him seeming very kind of thinly sketched as you said um i like the detail that he he paints these paintings of piper um as as a mermaid and then one one as some kind of terrible mermaid with fangs or sharp teeth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the sort of the only real detail we get about him, um, that, that he's done these paintings. Um, I, I don't know, I, I found it... I think I might have latched onto it as something that I... a detail that I that I found kind of funny in a, in a book that didn't have a lot of details to latch onto, just the complete pumpkinness of the dad um, <laughs> um but uh yeah there's sort of kind of lots of creepy sort of scene setting things happen when sophie first arrives you know she realizes that all the windows are, are sealed shut with black wax and the the flowers wilt and die on her windowsill in a few hours and like she sees a photo of the schoolgirls from 1910 because they're, they're living in this old school building. This is the house that the cousins live in, um, including the, the girl with the blindfold who's in this photo. Um, Lilius finds a bone in her stake and is, is overcome with horror. Um, and uh, Sophie has a nightmare where tiny cold hands are gripping her ankles. And um, 
And uh, she hears the voice of uh, Dark Tom, which is Piper's African grey parrot, talking in the night, um, saying such things as, Monstrous! Monstrous! Never do that again! There's blood under the rug! I don't really know. Is that what parrots... Uh, Yeah, I think a parrot could sound like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I quite liked... I like that the parrot, like Sophie, generally sees this parrot as a sort of horrible bird, and I think there's the sense that Tom, it, the parrot, is doing all of this stuff just as a, as a wind up. Basically, it's just a trolley parrot. Yeah, it's a trolley parrot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, quite, I quite liked. Um, um, there's also a cat, Shelly coat, um, and some unpleasant details about cruelty to cats that, that made me sad oh um, I, yeah that doesn't surprise me if you did not enjoy the um, uh, the fate yeah. of the previous cat <laughs> no um, Piper explains that Rebecca had a, a cruel streak and would kind of do sadistic things and then cry about them afterwards um, Piper also takes Sophie on a walk along the cliff edge and shows Sophie the spot where Rebecca died um, as you do you know, she, she fell off the cliff Onto a ledge, then uh, broke her leg and froze to death. And um, and then for, for some reason, for some reason, it's probably just the amount I think about the Simpsons, especially now. I say <laughs> that my my stepson is watching all of the Simpsons. Oh, um, good choice, George. He's a, yeah, a, tr- a true hero. Um, he has, yeah. I think, got to I don't know twenty. I want to say twenty four, twenty five. Um, but I did. I have to admit, with Rebecca falling down the cliff, I did think of Homer. <laughs> failing to jump the gorge um, on the skateboard (laughs) (laughs) and and then falling Uh painfully there. Yeah, that is the image I got of poor Rebecca falling down the cliff. When you said George was watching all of The Simpsons, I thought like, oh yeah, up to series eight. Oh, of course. Oh, no. (laughs) No, no, Rad. There's much more Simpsons than that. I will let you know, okay, that, so I, I asked him what was happening in the episode he'd just been watching when I picked him up mm. uh, today. Apparently, Homer died. And I was like, oh, mm. okay. And then uh, Professor Frink cloned Homer and the second clone died by eating too much potato salad. And then there was like a third, fourth, and fifth, and sixth clone. They all died. I was like, oh, of course. Is this a Treehouse of Horror episode? Oh, no. No, it's a normal episode. <laughs> so... <laughs> Fine. Good. Fine. It's apparently, apparently, like post season twenty four or whatever. Um, you're actually watching a clone Homer. There we go. Wow. Okay. And no, and no one knows this because no one watches these episodes. <laughs> yeah, only George. George is the only person who knows this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I. I really can't watch later Simpsons because I last about five minutes and start feeling intensely sad and have to stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. But, uh, yeah. you know, George, if he sets himself a project, he will do it. So he is he is watching all of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, cool, wow. Which I quite enjoy. It means I get to hear about all this weird stuff in later Simpsons that I had no idea yeah, yeah. about. <laughs> Um, um, but but yeah, oh, so yeah. Sure. I, I mean, I, I thought like series twelve was weird, but yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, so sorry, I'll read a description of the of these dolls. Um, okay. Is it? Made from delicate white porcelain, the, the frozen Charlottes were stretched out on their backs, completely naked, with short painted curls and a pinkish blush to their death-white cheeks. The rosebud lips were little more than a painted red dot, making her dolls look prim and disapproving somehow. Their painted eyes were all different. Some were open, some were closed, and some of the dolls were so faded with age that they didn't look like they had eyes at all. The dolls were very small, some were no bigger than a penny, and most were just a few centimetres long. A lot of them were chipped or broken in some way, missing arms or legs or even heads. Unlike normal dolls, they had no joints, so their limbs couldn't be moved. They were frozen in place, lying on their backs with their arms bent at the elbow, and their hands stuck up in the air like claws reaching for their last dying breath, like little bodies laid out in the morgue. This wasn't Charlotte on the way to her ball. This was Charlotte after she died. <laughs> cute <laughs> yeah um and uh piper tells sophie that they they found most of them in a lock box and and the remainder were painted into the plaster of the walls oh um, that's my texture but... of the week that's my texture of the week i have to do it now oh okay all oh, right all oh, right yeah. i mean this Can might this might not sound like much but it's actually part of a uh, cuckoo uh, money box um and if you turn turn the handle Cuckoo pokes its head out with quite a sharp metal beak and takes the money. Um, I managed to make a okay, yeah, a, to- a toddler a toddler laugh at this. Like my mum kept doing it, <laughs> she managed to make her laugh about twenty times. <laughs> yes, yes, cuckoo's head out. What what do you have? I, I have Sorry. a tin of curiously strong a tin of curiously strong mints, an empty tin of curiously strong mints. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I really like uh, the texture of the dolls painted bumpily uh, into the plaster of the walls. They've sort of been plastered in. I like the idea of just little, little toes and little fingers poking out of the wall. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, mine was actually the the. Uh, <laughs> the, the dolls uh, burned into the tree. So ah. yeah, uh, similar. <laughs> um, yeah, in the uh, the burnt tree, there's a a lot of uh, little little faces kind of melted in. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, yeah. Yeah, it's not not a densely textured book. No, not a densely textured book, um, but. Where there are interesting textures, it's it's the dolls and yes. their per- permutations. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they found them plastered into walls, but they you know they chipped them out um, so that Rebecca could play with them. Um, and uh, Piper, Rebecca took, had one of these dolls with her the night she dies, and uh, Piper Piper keeps it with her, uh, threaded into a, a necklace along with them. Um, the broken china hands and arms of the dolls, which is pretty weird, but Piper's doesn't doesn't think it's weird. She's like, aren't they cute? Um, and uh, but Lilius comes past the door and she's horrified, saying, "You're not going to let them out, are you?" And they're like, "No, no, we're going to lock them back in the cabinet. Don't worry." Um, but uh, do Sophie you think? Asks, well, Sorry. Hmm? Do you think that Piper's too obviously a wrong one? 
Um, maybe. Yeah, I mean, she. I kind of wanted to be left guessing for longer. Yeah, it it becomes quite clear. Like once, um, well, it definitely becomes clear when she has her weird, like, um, weird little tea party. Um, oh, what the. Weird. <laughs> the tree for dare scene. Sorry. Oh, the tea no, party. No. Okay, what happened? The, the tea, tea party. party again? Um. So she's she she invites um Sophie to to a little tea party and um where she's made little lemon cakes and fresh lemonade and they they have it by the um by the the burnt tree and um, <laughs> and w- one of the things that the frozen charlottes were used for. Is as ice cubes, <laughs> and she like uses she puts a a frozen Charlotte doll in in the lemonade as an ice cube, and then it like bites the inside of Sophie's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was quite, quite good. Yeah, I quite like. Yeah, that. <laughs> um, but, um, I feel like Sophie is maybe a little too credulous of Piper's super sweet act. Um. Yes, I think the problem is maybe that Sophie is generally depicted as a fairly kind of typical, slightly, not snarky, but slightly cynical teenager. Like, you know, she seems like a pretty accurate teenager. But Mm. I feel like for some reason, as he said, like that doesn't seem to apply to Piper, who she seems very easily taken in by. Yeah, no, I feel like if I was, like, 15 and there was, like, some girl who was like, let's be best friends, I'm going to, let's have a tea party, I'd be like, hmm, <laughs> you don't seem very legit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> she's much more suspicious um, at the start of, of Cameron, who who is very much this sort of brooding, mm. brooding young man. Um so it's a yes. bi- byronic, <laughs> byronic teenage boy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, yeah, because sort of, and Piper starts saying like, "Oh yes, I, you know, Cameron's very sensitive. He's very moody, kind of things like you know, don't worry about what he says." And it kind of starts up this kind of thing where like you know, Piper's warning. Sophie off Cameron and then Cameron starts warning Sophie off Piper and um and she's not quite sure for a while who's who's in the right. Um And and she reveals that uh that Cameron so Piper's been um sneaking off at night with um slightly older, rather doltish ruffian of a motorcyclist. Um, yeah, yeah, and and apparently, last time uh, they had a run in, Cameron beat him with a riding crop. <laughs> yeah, a, a riding crop, flogged him with a riding crop. Yeah, if you can we, imagine such a thing. Yeah, yeah, which it was a bizarre, <laughs> like suddenly <laughs> reading some sort of gothic Victorian novel, which I quite liked. Yeah. <laughs> and this is this is during a tea party scene, so like. 
they're having this like weird tea party underneath a underneath a, a burnt out tree, um, <laughs> and like. And Piper's like, yes, no, he flogged my boyfriend with a riding crop. And Sophie's like, uh-huh. <laughs> and then, like, trying to take this in. And then a frozen Charlotte ice cube doll bites her in the inside of her mouth. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. yeah so, so, so poor Sophie gets put through it. <laughs> yeah, she does. And, like, she manages she to keep her sanity impressively intact because I would not have lasted nearly as long as she does. No, no, she... She's she's like because she's she, like you know got like like she turns up on the first night and they're like oh yes you know um yes the Rebecca threw our previous cat in the fire and um the little Lilius tried to cut out her own collarbone right Lilius gives her like a, a, a creepy children's drawing. A creepy children's story uh, of the family who's been murdered and the father's like, oh dear. (laughs) (laughs) This again, yeah. Um, Yeah. Um, She she gets introduced to the resident creepy dolls. Um, uh, They, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, she's she's at the the parrot starts uh, squawking about about murdering people in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Sophie, so Sophie keeps it together a lot longer than I would have done. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, um, she she even sees Rebecca like having a little frolic outside by the uh, by the dead tree, um, um, but eventually she does. And she, and she kind of hears the voices of the dolls whispering as well. And they were like, Let's play for six million I mean, earlier I kind of com- I mentioned <laughs> this is almost like a video nasty. Um, <laughs> yeah. But a- actually, if it reminded me of anything, it's probably a Bloomhouse horror film. Like, oh, yeah. In ter- yeah, in terms of the kind of beats of it, it makes me think of The Conjuring or Insidious or. Mm. One of those kind of Neither films. Neither of which I've seen, but I'll take your word for it. I guess, I guess they're, they're haunted mm. house movies, really. and Or people have called them mm. like ghost train movies that... Oh, yeah. They're sort of escalating things that go bump in the night. So you, you, you'll get the, the flickering lights and then the spooky ghost voice and then the visitation and... Yeah. You know, it kind of hits all those beats. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I do feel like the book feels like a series of set pieces, but yeah. some of the set pieces are very good. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some, like, kind of... Uh, it's like, oh, there's some scenes in between where we have to wander around and do plot things before the next um, the next creepy doll event. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she, like, sees the... She's kind of stakes it stakes out her, the night in Rebecca's room and kind of kind of to try and see Rebecca's ghost and then she sees all the frozen Charlotte dolls like standing up with their hands pressed against the glass. Um it's pretty creepy. Um And I, I like that the um, frozen Charlotte dolls, like little icons of them, are used as chapter dividers. Oh yeah. Oh, oh wait, like, are they? Well, not as not like in in the middle of chapters in my edition, like I, th- oh. I think you've got the same book. Like turn to 
page 202. I, I've, I've, I've... 202. Hmm. Oh, I've just got like a, a, like a bloody handprint and then small what? bloody handprints. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay, so in my one, I've got like little little like iconographic frozen Charlottes all holding hands like oh. <laughs> which I really oh, like. Oh, I, pre- I prefer that. Yeah, that's yeah. better. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ah, uh, yeah, sort of dividing up I've got the, like, some of I've the paragraphs. Got the frozen Charlottes holding hands on the front, but the, the dividing thing is a bloody oh. Yeah, it's just like the ones in the front, but little. Oh. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> um, um, yeah, she also she kind of gets possessed by Rebecca at one point. She's like kind of staying up with her torch pointed at the cabinet and then she like starts oh, yeah. smelling and kind of deathly smells and then she hears the sort of fair Charlotte song coming out of her mouth and and uh, and yeah that's when the kind of ghost possesses her and then like leaves her and run down, runs down the stairs and that's when she finds like Piper and her boyfriend outside sneaking around having a tryst um um, what did you did you think? Did you find it like with the bits where you were like, "Oh, scary"? Was it? Um, did it give you the creeps at all? I, only really, only really the um, opening seance in the cafe scene. Okay, yeah. Which I which I did find creepy. Um, mm. I think once it was in the house, maybe it just maybe it just felt a little bit too generic, being in this kind of creepy old Victorian house. Mm. Uh, um, the bit when she she finds herself kind of frozen in the bathtub. Yeah, I found, I found quite creepy. So she she takes a bath and then the water freezes around her and she can't raise herself out of the the ice. Yeah, and that's the bit where she's finally like, nope, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> she like gets out of this bath and's like, I need to leave this house right now. Um but um they find it like Lilius persuades her to stay by like giving her a message from Jay. Or from, from Rebecca who says, Oh, Jay says hello and she's like, Oh I guess I need to find out what what's going on with Rebecca. Um So she she kind of does a bit of sleuthing. She goes into the town to find the niece of Martha Jones, who was the student who was blinded, um, and then kind of get some more sort of creepy revelations about what happened to the school in its final years. Kind of, there was like a, yeah, there was a, a student, there was a teacher who was pushed down the stairs, and then like a student who jumped from the window, and like, and like the um. Sophie asks this woman about the the dolls, and she's like, "Oh well, you know, they're just dolls, but I wouldn't have them in my house, you know. <laughs> the way the way my aunt talked about them, it always stayed with me, kind of thing." Um, yeah, you do wonder why this family is still living in this house, but um, I I think the 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 dad's just like really likes the. Uh, the clifftop views, I guess. <laughs> the n- numerous ills that have befallen his family. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and then, then we get to the kind of camping on the beach um, with the, the truth of there. And uh, this is when the sort of Piper's mean side sort of starts to 
explicitly come out and Sophie's like, what? Uh, even though it seems, yeah, sort of <laughs> fairly, fairly obvious. But um, she's one of snidely putting down Sophie to her friends and then they, they play truth or dare and, and Piper dares her boyfriend, Brett, to kiss Sophie, which he does. And she's like, oh, gross. And then um, like, leaves him to it. But um, then in the in the middle of the night, they hear screams coming from the boy's tent and it turns out it's Brett with needles stuck through his eyes. And uh, when Sophie goes to shake out his sleeping bag, there's a frozen Charlotte who's bloodied up to the elbows and grinning. Um, <laughs> having having played her favourite game of all, the stick the needles in the eyes game. Um, yeah, and, 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 and of course, um, this is set... Um, poor Sophie up to look like she'd have some kind of motive um, to to revenge herself um, on on Brett. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of simultaneously setting up Sophie and Cameron. I think. Oh um, yeah, that's that's I think, true. That, I think that, 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 I think yeah. Piper's trying to blame Cameron for for maiming Brett because obviously he came at him with the riding crop, as we recall. Um, yes. Um, but she's but she's Piper's also been setting up Sophie uh, to um, commit suicide as well not to to frame her as having killed herself. Um, uh, and, and so we can at this point just conclude that Piper must be under the thrall of the dogs. Yeah, one must assume. Um, and that that and that's definitely what Sophie assumes. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, we're kind of reaching the end and, like, Sophie kind of chucks all the frozen Charlottes from the cabinet into her empty suitcase and, like, heads off to the cliff and she kind of throws it off into the water and then the ghost Rebecca appears and reveals what actually happened to her, kind of showing Sophie a vision of um, Rebecca kind of climbing, like, climb down onto the ledge to, to rescue our frozen Charlotte doll, but... She manages to climb back up, but it's like Piper's there and kind of watching her struggle. And there's this really long, kind of brutal description of... Oh, it, it is who... actually quite brutal, because it, it's longer. Yeah. It. it really... It's like a, a scene in a film where the take just goes on and on. Ah, uh, um, and you're like, yeah, oh, it's... I don't want to keep watching this. Like, Yeah, I yeah. actually... I found it a bit much, if I'm honest. Yeah, it is a, it is a bit much. It's like Piper kind of tormenting Rebecca as she just kind of struggles to get back onto the cliff and then like kicks her in the face and then like pelts her with snowballs when she's trying to climb again and Rebecca breaks her leg and it's it's really really nasty um, yeah it's it's probably not and it goes on over quite a lot of pages um it felt mm. like it definitely um yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it's it's effective but um I don't yeah, know <laughs> it's, yeah it's I did find this book quite odd in that way of just this kind of combination of feeling fairly bland and then like really kind of intensely nasty at points. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely makes it interesting in a way that could have shifted mm. because, as you say, it is quite, yeah, bland or pedestrian, I guess, in terms of that there's not lots mm. of vivid writing um you yeah. know it, it's 
perfectly decent writing, but it's not like mm. any super memorable sentences. Um, mm. And then, yeah, you, you get these very violent, <laughs> often quite drawn out, yeah, scenes which mm. are upsetting. Um, yeah. Which, I don't know, I mean, it's, it's effectively nasty. It's not really scary or creepy, but that's a kind of discussion about what you want horror to do. Yeah. Like, I watched um, the film Talk To Me recently, mm-hmm. which, recent horror film, um, made by, by YouTubers, and it's very well done. I didn't find it scary at all. I found it upsetting um, and mm. uncomfortable. Now, yeah. I don't know, I, I, for me, I guess, if a film's going to do that, I kind of want it to leave me with quite a lot to think about, maybe morally or ethically. If it's going to just mm. doing that, I don't really get the purpose, because I don't find that fun. <laughs> so if I'm going to be made to feel, you know, upset or uncomfortable, I, I'm okay with that potentially, but I kind of want it to be leaving me or something. Yeah. And... I guess with Frozen Charlotte, personally, I wasn't sure if the themes were kind of deep enough to justify that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's quite a good way of putting it. Um, because then, kind of before Rebecca dies, she she asks Piper, she's like, is it the Frozen Charlottes who are making you do this? <laughs> and Piper's like, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm evil. I'm the one. I'm evil. <laughs> And you're like, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, I, I, yeah. you know, this is not the tulip touch, right? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> there's something like the tulip touch. You've got the character tulip who does some really hurtful, harmful, violent things. But the whole yeah. book is trying to explore, okay, well, why is a kid doing these things? And ultimately, it, yeah. it makes her a very human figure. You know, even, she's still mm. an upsetting figure, but, but she seems like a human figure. Whereas, <laughs> yeah, Piper is just like, no, I am evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, you know, she's sure, just like, like the scarecrows in the scarecrows. Yeah. She's just and, made of evil. And, I mean, I guess occasionally there are people who... You know, really, really are thoroughly bad, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I feel like it doesn't often happen personally. Like I think generally, people have their mm. reasons and generally think they're doing the right thing, or at least feel they're justified in what they're doing. Yeah, um, I think it's unusual that someone would just be like, "I am evil," <laughs> <laughs> and I would do evil, um, and I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, um, that could be that's. That's, that could be okay in a horror. That, that's, yeah. you know, that, that, I don't know. It was just like, but then what do we do with that? Yeah. I think it, it kind of feels a bit too much like, it's like it's a twist. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't the dolls. She's just evil. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and, and of course, the, the, the frozen Charlotte's, um, just like help us, help us, you know, rescue us because because they've been oh, thrown yeah, well, off the cliff. Well, no, because they, they, yeah, 
that when when Piper kind of finds out that the, the, the Sophie's thrown the dolls off the cliff, she kind of runs back to the house and then like sets the house on fire. Right? In a rage. To, in a rage. And they're kind of, you know, Cameron and Sophie have to find Lilius and escape and, um, and the kind of ghostly hand of Rebecca guides their way. Um, but yeah, it turns out like Piper has this knife that she was going to kill Sophie with and she's ready to kill Cameron. But it sort of turns out that the remaining frozen Charlottes are not happy about being burnt in the house. And the, the one that Piper keeps around her neck sort of buries its teeth into, <laughs> into her flesh, <laughs> which is, again, quite funny. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I, I quite like it, but kill, killed by the evil mouth of a yeah. doll necklace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was quite good. Um, and sort of, uh, yeah, pumpkin dad arrives at this point running through the gate going oh no <laughs> the house is on fire <laughs> all my children are about to die um, but, um, and, and sort of says something like you know I knew something like this would happen I should have done something about it long ago <laughs> like, yeah yeah man like, <laughs> <laughs> what were you doing <laughs> um, yeah <laughs> And then they kind of get like six months later, and like Sophie meets Cameron at her at her cafe, favorite cafe, and uh, he says that all the family are doing a lot better since Piper has died, and uh, he's finally going away to music college, and Lilius has made a friend, and their their mum's getting better. And oh, we didn't mention the evil skeleton actually. The um, Lilius is afraid of bones. The, <laughs> Lilius is afraid of bones because Piper told her that there was an evil skeleton that lived inside her. Oh, well, um, she probably just showed her that meme that says the skeleton is inside you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, but yeah. Um, and then I, all that remains at the end is this uh, the Jumanji epilogue where uh, a little girl on a beach finds the washed up suitcase and uh, all these dolls inside that want to be her best friends. Yeah. So, which I, I assumed was then going to be the start of the next book, which you'd read. Yes. But, but you're telling me that that's not the start of the next book. No, no, the next book is actually about the little girls in the school, um, back in the olden times. Um, and I think it works better. <laughs> um, <laughs> But Sorry. we didn't do that book. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't. We, we don't do. We didn't do that book. Well, um, well maybe we'll do that um, <laughs> episode then, because yeah, yeah, I can see how um, that. I can see how that works better with that setting, mm. or that period. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So um. How's Frozen Charlotte? Um. And it seems to be printed by by this red eye publishers that print young adult horror, as far as I can tell. Because in my oh, right, my yeah, edition, okay. it seems to be different to yours, but my back page has all these other books. So we've got Charlotte says, which is presumably the one mm, you read. That's the next one. Yeah, Alex, yeah. But it's also got um, Savage Island by Bryony Pierce, um, Flesh and Blood by Simon Cheshire. The Haunting, which is another Alex Bell. Dark Room mm-hmm. by Tom Becker. Sleepless by Lou Morgan. Bad Bones by Graham Marks. And uh, Fur by Sharon Gosling. And all of these seem to be uh, children's horror. So 
All right. Well, there's some there's some material for future episodes. Then. Well, as ever, we're not going to run out. Um, because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're, we're not. Like, <laughs> go, going to Oxfam, we're going to be doing this forever. Going to Oxfam Books today. Um, they had a couple of Christopher Pike, uh, Christopher Pike books. Mm-hmm. Was, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I remember reading when I was young. We haven't. Yeah, haven't covered so. No, yeah. no, there really is a a wealth of material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot, a lot more than we ever expected. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and uh, uh, next time we might have a, a collaboration of uh, of some kind. So. Uh, yeah. Well. Have a, have, a, come... have a guest on. Yeah. A, a guest on, and we're potentially. I, I like this idea. Ren has suggested that we discuss three different adaptations of the same source material. Each, each one of us yeah. looking and at each a different. Each watch one. Each watch one. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I think, think is really I think interesting. It, it might be chaos. It might be really chaotic. So I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, it's, it's a cool <laughs> idea. Um. Um. Uh, yeah. I think that's everything yeah yeah um uh, if you're if keep you're, it to an hour yeah and if you're if you're, more in, <laughs> if you're more into plotting than you are description then mm. i would recommend frozen charlotte um yeah because it is nicely plotted um i'm more interested in weird description and atmosphere than i am in yeah. plot um but yeah <laughs> Yeah, there is uh, a buffet of options in the chosen horror dining hall. Children's <laughs> horror. What? <laughs> Never mind. Um, okay, um, do, do the credits. Uh, I'll try. I'll try yeah, to yeah. think of a, a sign-off. Uh, okay. Um, our intro music's by Maggie Yamazaki. Our outro is by Joe Kelly. Our artwork's by Letty Wilson. Um, you can give us a rating or review on apple Podcasts or those kind of things and you can email us at stillscapedpodcast at gmail.com um, and I've, I've kind of doing the instagram i'm i'm still like i'm updating the twitter just to like put the latest episode on but uh on the instagram you get a special treat because i'm doing a collage for each episode so oh i don't think find... i've checked did you do one for the scarecrows I did, I did. Oh, yes. I totally yeah, haven't yeah. checked yet. Oh, I have to look at that story. Well, that's well a Still Scared podcast, I believe. <laughs> I'm going to check. check. I think it's Still Scared. Yeah, Still Scared podcast is the Instagram. So you, if you follow us there, you can see a collage for for each episode. Oh, that's great. Um, do you have a sign-off for us, Adam? Yeah, uh, I'd say just... Leave the evil dolls in the walls, creepy kids. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't get out your little pickaxe. It's not worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, don't open any weird weird suitcases you find on the beach. That's just a general rule for life, I think. Yeah. Um, not not specifically creepy doll related. Yeah, it might just be filled up with dead jellyfish. Yeah. Alright. <laughs> See you later, Spooky Kids. Bye. Bye.